0: I'm Rev David. Thanks for joining me as I wander through life. Over the past few weeks, I've been exploring the Methodist way of life, picking one of the commitments from each of the four areas of worship, learning and caring, service and evangelism. This week, I want to finish this topic By going back to worship and to another of the commitments. We will look and listen for God in scripture and in the world. And I really want to start with the question that I ask myself about this. Why? Why is it so important for us to look and listen for God in scripture and in the world? I think that the answer is twofold. Firstly, to overcome separateness that notion that God is out there somewhere, far away. And secondly, to help us understand that God is involved in our lives, an integral part. We are held by God like go- like a goldfish is held by the water it swims in. In God, we live and move and have our being. So, how might we go about looking and listening for God in word and world? Do you remember remember the Tufty Club? All about teaching road safety to children. When I was small, my mum used to take me and my brothers and sisters to it each week. Through a series of stories and games, we were taught that stepping into the road can be a dangerous activity. Stepping into the world and into God's word can be a bit tricky too. And to continue the road safety theme, it's not a bad thing to hold on to the mantra of stop, look, listen. Let me read you a short passage from the prophet Isaiah. You'll hear him refer to God in the world and also the actions of God's word. So this is from Isaiah chapter 55. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seeds for the sower and bread for the eater, So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. What I like about this passage is the image of God's word as being busy. This is not thousands of dull words copied onto parchment or bound into books but is a force, a movement, something alive and purposeful and it's about God's word in the world. You'll have heard me say this before. The miracle of the Bible for me is that when I read it It almost always says something to me that's relevant to my life now. Some of the writing is over 4,000 years old, and yet it still speaks to us today. All we have to do is stop, look and listen. Although really, I shouldn't say all we have to do, because that makes it sound too trivial. Some of the Bible is hard to read and even harder to understand and some of it is clearly of its time and we've moved on for the better. For example, regarding slavery. So maybe I should have said stop, look, listen and wrestle because if you're wrestling with something then you're definitely taking it seriously. Scripture ...is our greatest resource about God. But it's not always easy. Let's think about looking and listening for God in the world for a moment. The easy one, especially for all of us who live in the Lake District... ...is simply to point to the beauty, the magnificence, the diversity of creation. Take a completely different perspective... What about all those apparently random acts of kindness that people do each and every day? Isn't that God at work in the world? Do you have a sense of God's presence in the world? Where do you look? Where do you notice him? There's a phrase we often use about counting our blessings. In White Christmas, Bing Crosby sings, When I'm worried and I can't sleep, I count my blessings instead of sheep. But there's something before that, and that's simply noticing our blessings. Noticing how we are blessed helps us notice how God is present in our lives. I want to finish by asking you to try an experiment and it's about using your imagination. Imagine that you are standing at the end of a straight road and there are terraced houses running down both sides of the street and you're looking along the road. Now imagine that the street is a passage from the Bible and that each of the houses is a verse from that passage. As you look along the street, something catches your eye. It's an open window, glinting in the sun. It's a particular verse, speaking to you. Who, or what, opened that window for you, today? And on a different day, With the sun in a different position, it might reflect from a different window. And a different Bible verse speaks to you. And if you stand with your friends side by side, then the angle of the sun will be different for you both, inviting you into different places. This is the richness, the diversity, the living word of God. To demonstrate this, I'm going to read you a short parable and then simply list all the glinting windows that catch my eye, and you'll have more. And the more you practice, then the more you'll see. So, from Mark chapter 4, the parable of the mustard seed. Jesus said, How can I describe the kingdom of God? What story? Should I use to illustrate it? It is like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches, and birds can make nests in its shade. First thing, it's a parable, a story with a meaning. I wonder what the meaning is. Second thing, the kingdom of God. What's that? Where is it? Is it here or is it in heaven? Where's heaven? Third thing. This is a story. So it isn't really a mustard tree. Probably a good job. I don't really like mustard. Fourth thing. We've got some mustard seeds at home. They're really small. I spilt them once when I was cooking and they kept turning up for ages, a bit like the pine needles off the Christmas tree. Fifth thing, the smallest becomes the largest. Does that mean that I should worry about there only being a few of us? There were only a few Jesus followers at the beginning and there are over two billion of us now. Sixth thing, does it need to be the largest? Well, I suppose it needs to be pretty big if there's going to be room for all the animals and birds. or maybe it's just to remind us that God is really big too. Seventh thing, it offers shade. Living where I do, where the sun doesn't shine that much, then everything is always in shade. But when Jesus told this story in Judea, Then the sun always shone and shade was something that everyone wanted. Will people want the shade that the kingdom of God offers? Do I want it? What kind of shade is it? And so we could go on. Stand at the end of the street and watch for the windows that glint in the sun. God's speaking to you. Stopping. Looking listening for God in scripture and the world, we can all do it, and however we do it, doing it seriously, connects us to the one in whom we live and move and have our being. That's it for now thanks for listening and i'll see you next time